the worst school board in Illinois gets sued. Two administrators and five school board members in District 211, the largest high school district in Illinois, are being sued by Judicial Watch on behalf of a teacher who was fired for expressing criticism of the 2020 BLM slash Antifa insurrections that devastated American cities. The defendants are Director of Human Resources James A. Britton, District 211 Superintendent Lisa A. Small, and board members Robert J. Lefevre Jr., Anna Klimkowitz, Stephen Rosenblum, Edward M. Young, and the worst of the worst, Kim Cavill. Two board members, Mark Kramer and Peter Dombrowski, had the good judgment to vote against the teacher's termination. If the other five board members had exercised similar good judgment, the district would have avoided this costly but important lawsuit. Jeannie Hedgepeth, a tenured teacher who was employed in District 211 for 20 years, was fired for four posts on her private Facebook page. The lawsuit details both the posts and their context, and I quote from it. In late May and early June 2020, plaintiff, that is Jeannie Hedgepeth, was vacationing in Florida after the end of the 2019-2020 school year when violent street protests, rioting, looting, and shootings erupted in Chicago and many other U.S. cities in the aftermath of the killing of George Floyd on May 25, 2020, by Minneapolis police officers. In Chicago alone, 82 persons were shot, 19 fatally, over the May 30 to 31, 2020 weekend. On May 31, 2020, which the Chicago Sun-Times described as the most violent day Chicago had seen in 60 years, Mayor Lori Lightfoot asked Governor J.B. Pritzker to deploy the Illinois National Guard in the city. That same day, May 31, 2020, plaintiff posted the comment, quote, I don't want to go home tomorrow. Now that the Civil War has begun, I want to move. An individual responded, follow your gut, move. Plaintiff answered, I need a gun and training. The individual replied, me too. Another individual posted a meme that same day suggesting that the riots could be stopped with a septic tank truck and a pressure cannon. Plaintiff reposted the meme, obviously in jest, adding, you think this would work? On or about June 1st, 2020, Plaintiff posted the following comment on Facebook in the course of an exchange of posts begun the previous day with a third individual. And this is what the post said. I am about facts, truth-seeking, and love. I will speak on any topic I choose because I live in a free country. I find the term white privilege as racist as the N-word. You have not walked in my shoes either, so do not make assumptions about me and my so-called privilege. You think America is racist? Then you've been hoodwinked by the white liberal establishment and race baiters like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. Travel the world and go see that every nation has racism, and some more than others. But few make efforts, such as we do, to mitigate or eliminate it. I have lived and seen. The people I am informed by about the black experience in America are actually some of the smartest people in America, and it so happens they are black. I highly recommend studying Thomas Sowell, who is now retired and in his 80s, a treasure, a truth seeker, does real research and analysis. 
Candace Owens is one of the smartest and most courageous women in America, and Larry Elders speaks the truth with a great sense of humor and facts, not feelings. They are who I listen to when it comes to facts about the black experience in America. Don't you think there is a deeper problem than racism when 50% of murders in America are committed by 13% of the population? Do you think there might be a subtle genocide of black babies when most Planned Parenthoods are put in poor neighborhoods and that 30% of abortions are black babies? Black women only make up 7% of the U.S. population. The greatest power you have is what you believe about yourself. What have Democrats, mainstream media, and intellectuals in ivory towers been telling the black community to believe about themselves for 40 years? Wake up and stop believing them. Then things will change. End quote. Does anyone believe that if tenured teachers in District 211 condemned Trump voters, conservatives, or the January 6th rally on their personal Facebook pages, they would be fired? Does anyone believe that if left-leaning District 211 teachers made critical comments about Trump voters, Republicans, conservatives, or the January 6th rally in their classes, that they would be disciplined? Conservatives who work in public schools are well aware of the de facto double standard for progressive and conservative teachers. They're well aware of the systemic institutional bias against conservative viewpoints. They're well aware of the open intolerance of leftist teachers and administrators who self-identify as tolerant. Conservatives are well aware that their moral beliefs on homosexuality and cross-sex impersonation are openly and falsely called hatred by progressive teachers who suffer no consequences for their comments. Perhaps the most egregious aspect of this sorry event in District 211 was that Kim Cavill, who until very recently has expressed her political views with impunity, voted to fire Hedgepeth, accusing Hedgepeth of lacking professionalism. Maybe someone should ask the four remaining anti-First Amendment board members who voted to fire Hedgepeth how they view these tweets from Cavill. On April 12, 2021, she retweeted this, nothing like a police shooting to demonstrate conservatives' most strongly held belief that with great power comes no responsibility. On April 13, 2021, she tweeted this quote from an Atlantic article, quote, for the past 30 years, the GOP has pursued a consistent strategy, find a misunderstood or marginalized group, convince voters that the members of that group pose an existential threat to society, and then ride to victory on the promise of using state power to crush them, end quote. On August 28, 2020, she retweeted this. It sounds absurd to say it, but America is in the process of choosing whether to be a white nationalist fascist state or an inclusive democracy. That's not hyperbole. That's just where we are. And then on August 23, 2020, she retweeted this. Here is what I would like for you to know. In America, it is traditional to destroy the black body. It is heritage. End quote. District 211 Board of Education Policy says, quote, a Board of Education member should honor the responsibility which membership demands by representing at all times the entire school community, end quote. Shouldn't Cavill resign from the board? And how do the four anti-free speech board members 
view Cavill's creepy sex podcast for children on anal sex, porn, and her recent one on polyamory, during which Cavill fawned over all the allegedly good things polyamorous family structures confer on children. Cavill labels this one a level one podcast, which are topics that cover the basics, making it perfect in Cavill's perverse and unprofessional view for people of any age. As a far leftist, Cavill has the superpower of finding racism everywhere, and I quote from that podcast, It's pretty obvious that the fact that polyamory is seen as a white movement is part of a larger pattern of white supremacy, end quote. How long before Cavill starts agitating for District 211 curricula to endorse polyamory? Cavill has a history of unethical behavior, perhaps the most egregiously corrupt of which was her scheme to solicit outside money to interfere with the 2017 school board election. Prior to being elected to the District 211 board in 2019, Cavill colluded with her sister to defeat the 2017 slate of excellent candidates by bringing in outside money from wealthy homosexuals and cross-sex identifiers that was laundered through a sham pack. Three exceptionally well-qualified people who opposed the sexual integration of private spaces for minors were running against three people who supported such privacy-violating practices. The three well-qualified challengers were Jean Forrest, a Chinese-American woman with a master's in economics who works as an actuary, Catherine G. Young David, a Korean-American woman with a B.S. in business administration from the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign, and Ralph Bonatz, who has a degree in electrical engineering and is a global quality control manager for an international corporation. On March 22, 2017, just 13 days before the 2017 election, Lasaya Wade, a 29-year-old, quote, black trans woman, end quote, that is, a biological man who pretends to be a woman, and Day Pope, another biological man who passes as a woman, set up a super PAC called Trans United Fund Illinois. Pope was the organizing director for a 501c3 called Trans United Fund. Two days later, on March 24, 2017, 11 days before the 2017 election, Kim Cavill and her sister Lindsay Christensen set up a super PAC called Parents and Neighbors for Quality Education. Just days after the founding of Trans United Fund Illinois, donations from some surprising people came pouring in. Matrix director Lana Wachowski, a biological man who pretends to be a woman and lives with his dominatrix wife in Chicago, donated a whopping $10,000. Far-left Illinois state senator Heather Staines, who has an adult son who identifies as a woman, also donated $10,000. Homosexual Clark Pellet, a retired attorney and development chair for the LGBTQ Center on Halstead, and who lives in Chicago, donated $5,000. Executive Director of Gender Rights Maryland, Dana Beyer, a man who pretends to be a woman and lives in Chevy Chase, Maryland, donated $1,000. Eliza Byard, Executive Director of the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network, GLSEN, who lives in Brooklyn, New York, 
donated $500. Homosexual Douglas Hathaway, president and CEO of a Washington, D.C. strategic communications firm who lives in D.C., donated $500. And architect Kira Kinsman, a biological man, formerly known as Kyle Kinsman, who lives in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, donated $250. The more than $26,000 in donations for a school board election from donors who don't live in District 211 then went to, you guessed it, Cavill's Parents and Neighbors for Quality Education. Inquiring minds may wonder why Cavill and her sister set up Parents and Neighbors for Quality Education since TransUnited Fund, Illinois, was already established. Why the extra step to fund the defeat of conservatives? The answer to that question might be found in mailers and yard signs. Illinois state law requires that campaign mailers and yard signs identify the groups that pay for them. Signs must say, approved by the PAC that supports them. Which sounds better? And by better, I mean less likely to arouse suspicion. Approved by Trans United Fund Illinois or approved by Parents and Neighbors for Quality Education? Well, flush with filthy lucre, Cavill and her sister got busy smearing good people with nary a backward glance. As reported by the LGBTQ newspaper, Windy City Times, a local mom, who could that have been, I wonder, reached out to TransUnited Fund, a national trans-led advocacy group who agreed to help them defeat the three candidates who supported single-sex locker rooms. And this is the quote from Windy City Times. TransUnited Fund and a group of local parents, youth, and allies worked together to launch the first trans-led, trans-focused, independent expenditure in history. TransUnited Fund assembled a powerful team of thoughtful allies to quickly build and execute a research-informed and strategic plan to help the parents and youth get their message out. TransUnited Fund supported the parents' efforts through digital, mail, phone banking, and helping to train volunteers to reach their neighbors at the door, end quote. The Windy City Times made clear this campaign was a smear campaign in which good people who believe locker rooms and restrooms should correspond to biological sex were vilified. District 211 community member Tracy Salvatore, spewing venomous lies, said this about the good people who were defeated, quote, We are fed up with this small group of vocal transphobic people guided by a national hate group, Alliance Defending Freedom, wreaking havoc in our community. Our District 211 community will not tolerate adults bullying kids or intimidating us for one more day. The ADF-inspired slate of candidates ran with the agenda of inserting a hate-based national agenda into our schools. They didn't care that their policy changes would increase bullying and violence against kids. So we reached out to TransUnited Fund, and they helped us to get our message out to neighbors and community members, end quote. Neither Salvatore nor anyone affiliated with Parents and Neighbors for Quality Education felt the ethical obligation to provide evidence that the three candidates feared or hated trans-identifying students, or that they bullied kids, or that they intimidated community members, or that ADF has a hate-based agenda, 
or that single-sex private spaces for minors increase bullying and violence? Why try to provide impossible-to-find evidence when hate-mongering rhetoric does the job? Yep, with the exception of two standout school board members, the District 211 school board is the worst in Illinois. They deserve to lose this lawsuit.